Welcome to Not Your Mother's Menopause, Making Hormones Make Sense, with Dr. Fiona Lovely. Dr. Lovely is an expert on health, treating women and their families from around the world. Her specialities include endocrinology, functional neurology, and functional medicine. Please visit us at drlovely.com. And now, here's the doctor. Hello, ladies. Dr. Fiona Lovely here of Not Your Mother's Menopause podcast, Making Hormones Make Sense. I hope everyone's having a great week. Today, um, I first I thought I'd share with you um, where I got the inspiration for this particular podcast. Um, one of my um, staff actually sent me a text message this week saying that she had just listened to um, the podcast on gut bugs, and she said she really enjoyed the um, the term inner garden. And um, I made a joke back to her that at least I wasn't talking about the Lady Garden. And as soon as I said it, I thought, holy cow, there's a podcast in there. Now, what's really interesting is I've had uh, the conversation about the vaginal microbiome with at least three patients in the last week. So I know that this is information that maybe isn't, uh, it's maybe out there, maybe it's not put all together, so let's cover some of it today. Um, but uh, in, an, in an effort to really sort of identify what's normal and what's not. So this episode is called Your Lady Garden. And what I'm referring to is the microbiome of the vagina. So you do have a normal flora within the vagina. That's what it's called. Um, that is the millions of yeast and bacteria. And probably um, there's actually some interesting research, emerging research about virus, how we have naturally have virus on us and in us. But anyways, here's what we know. We know about the bugs right now, and we know about the yeast right now. And, of course, yeast being from uh, uh, considered a, a fungus. Um, they're normal, and um, two things. First of all, the bugs you got in there, just like in your gut, you can um, have great bugs and you can have not-so-great bugs. And what usually happens, mostly because of lifestyle and um, stress and not knowing how to cultivate these bugs, we end up with more of the pathological bugs and less of the good, healthy ones. So... Um, that's probably like the most basic information I can give you about that. Of course, the vagina is a blind pouch. It's very acidic. Its acidity is one of, um, one of the ways that we keep, uh, pregnancy at bay. By the way, uh, sperm is very, or uh, male ejaculate is very basic, meaning it's uh, like the opposite on the pH scale. And so in order to neutralize the acidity of the vagina so that the sperm can uh, climb up uh, into the uterus and fallopian tubes and do its job, um, it, the acidity of the vagina has to be uh, counteracted, and that's what that's for. So anyways, back to... Um, the uh, millions of bacteria, etc. Um, again, they are normal, but you can get too many of the pathological bugs and then there can be troubles. So let's talk about um, a couple of things. So first of all, most of what's in the vagina actually migrates from the gut. 
And in case you need that spelled out, it means that the bugs crawl from your anus into your vagina. There's not that much territory between the two. So a lot of um, what ends up in the vagina comes from the gut. So the first thing you've got to do to get a healthy microbiome of the vagina is to make sure your gut microbiome is tight. And of course, I just recently done a podcast on that. It's called The Bugs That Rule Us. Um, And so you can go and have a listen to that one and just get some information there to um, help you cultivate that garden. Okay. Um, So let's talk about the yeast. We sort of have this belief that yeast infections or yeast in the vagina is an unusual thing. But as I've just said, yeast normally grows in there. It's just kept in check by our bacteria. So it doesn't grow out of control. However, there are certain uh, situations um, and scenarios which cause the yeast to start to grow out of control. So let's talk about that. Um, First of all, A lot of women, myself included, anytime you have antibiotic therapy, uh, pretty much every time you're going to end up with yeast infection. So here's how that happens. Antibiotics are meant to knock out bacteria. And, um, you know, the thing about that is it leaves the yeast So the bacteria in the vagina that are keeping our yeast in check are actually wiped out by the antibiotic therapy and the yeast is allowed to grow out of control. And that's where yeast infection from antibiotic therapy comes from. Now, uh, if we have a problem with candida, which is a fungal infection that can happen inside and outside the body, um, and really there's a lot of really good information about candida um, online. Um, certainly ask your uh, naturopath or functional medicine doctor about it if you think it's uh, a problem for you. Um, anyways, so candida, if candida is a problem, then uh, you can have yeast growing out of control in the vagina. Your sex partner can bring yeast to you. Now, not one to sugarcoat things. This is how that happens. Um, your sex partner puts their penis or fingers or mouth on or in somebody who has a yeast problem and then delivers that yeast to you. Okay, I can hear you collectively going, ew. (laughs) So uh, we'll talk about more about sex partners here in a moment. Um, when I give you some uh, action steps, but just know that that can happen and that you can have a yeast infection not only of the vagina, you can also have it in your mouth, okay? So the last thing I want to share about yeast is that uncontrolled or undiagnosed diabetes can cause recurrent or repeat yeast infections. And of course, it's because yeast eats sugar. And for any of you who have ever made bread, you know just to add just a tiny, tiny bit of sugar when you're allowing adding the yeast to the warm water. And that just gives the yeast some food and it causes the yeast to bloom um, much bigger, much faster. So that's uh, essentially how that works. So if you have a repeat yeast infection, um, certainly have your uh, physician give you a uh, fasting blood sugar to see whether or not you are potentially diabetic or pre-diabetic. 
Okay, so because we're talking about the lady garden, we're going to go on and talk about the bladder. Now, the bladder, of course, is not the vagina, but it's one of the three holes down yonder. If you have not seen all three, I fully encourage you to find them. Uh, the opening for the urethra will be the most difficult to find, but that is the area we're going to talk about right now with bladder. So bladder is sterile. It's the uh, organ which holds our urine until we can evacuate our bladder um, and urinate. But bacteria can climb up the urethra, which isn't very long. In some women, it's just a few centimeters long. So um, there's lots of things that can introduce bacteria into the bladder. As I've said, uh, urine and the bladder are sterile, so there's not any, there shouldn't be any bacteria in there at all. But a few things can cause the bacteria to get there. So, number one, if you're holding urine too long and not answering the call to go to the bathroom, uh, stop doing that. That's just a bad idea, but lots of us mom, uh, lots of us women do it, moms certainly do it. Um, honor that when your body's telling you that. It's flushing the pipes, okay? So, uh, hygiene is super important for the bladder. Basically, if you have a pathology or pathological microbiome, that is gut bugs that are more E. coli, which tend to cause most urinary tract infections, UTIs, bladder infections, all the same thing, um, then what happens is the bum bugs crawl forward to the, uh, and crawl up the urethra. So if you're sitting, this is something with the older folks, certainly ones in uh, wheelchair bound or um, sitting in a recliner all day and not getting up and moving around, this is a problem with seniors, is that those bugs don't get flushed out with urine, um, which is, again, a very healthy thing, or there simply isn't the amount of washing necessary uh, done every day to make sure that those bugs aren't climbing where they're not supposed to be. So make sure you're uh, washing yourself daily with um, uh, gentle soap and warm water. Uh, Make sure when you're going to the washroom, whether it's number one or number two, you wipe from front to back, okay? Not introducing bum germs up front to the urethra. In case you wondered why the doctors told you to wipe from front to back, this is why. Okay, and also like the most, the best thing you can do for prevention of a UTI is just make sure that your gut bugs are solid because not only does it mean that they won't cause a problem when they climb in there or they just aren't going there, but also um, when you have the, the, less of the E. coli and more of the healthy bugs, then you're not likely to have a urinary tract infection. And the bacteria, of course, form our immune system to a great degree. So um, super important. And number three is new sex partners will cause bladder infections. And here's how that works. Uh, When your new partner takes their uh, fingers, mouth, penis into your uh, vulva and vagina, there is going to be pushing of their bacteria into your urethra repeatedly over and over again for at least a few minutes. Basically, if it's not a few minutes, then you need to try again. Uh, Anyways, so that's what happens. So after you have uh, finished having sex, 
you want to get up to, to go to the bathroom as soon as possible to flush the pipes. Okay. Just, just good, uh, uh, sex hygiene and, um, uh, certainly bladder hygiene as well. Okay, so let's cover some symptoms because there are some fairly common symptoms um, associated with these different um, these different things. And just in case there's someone out there that uh, isn't sure if they do or do not have an infection, um, let's cover a few things. So, if you're experiencing burning while urinating, a dull ache low in the pelvis, and or low back pain, plus blood in the urine. That's a urinary tract infection. Here's the thing. A urinary tract infection can quite quickly climb to the kidneys and cause your infection in the blood. Guys, that is not a good day. Young women can die from this. Older women certainly do die from this. So if you have a, a urinary tract infection or you think you have a urinary tract infection or UTI or bladder infection, they're all the same thing. Please don't hesitate to go and get yourself some antibiotics. Um, I agree with uh, uh, the thought that their antibiotics are overused. However, the UTI is one of those things where you just don't mess around. Okay? Go and get it checked. Okay, so if you have uh, itching, burning, like an itchy red vulva, chunky discharge and it smells like bread rising that's a yeast infection now you may not have all of those symptoms you may have just one or two um everyone every woman is a little bit different in in how this um shows up but uh that is an over-the-counter uh, medication that you can get at the drugstore and then once you do have that treated you need to figure out where it's come from so is it Antibiotic therapy, okay. So as soon as you finish your antibiotics, now you are just going to like Mac Daddy, probiotics, cultivate the garden, get all the good bugs in there so that you're actually not going to have a problem with this anymore. Or it's a sex partner problem with Candida, uh, or it's um, undiagnosed uh, diabetes or blood sugar issues. So if you find, so on to the next one. If you find that your uh, odor has changed and it's become fishy that's typically bacterial vaginosis or bv and that is um uh um easy enough to uh, diagnose and to correct. So certainly go see your healthcare provider for that um, if you feel like something is off. And finally, an off odor and a frothy discharge, um, sometimes itching associated with it too, is typically likely a sexually transmitted infection or STI. And uh, of which there are a number of them and they all present a little bit differently. And they are absolutely necessary for you to see your uh, primary care physician about so that you can be diagnosed properly and treated. Because, of course, when you have that, then you pass it on to your sex partner. And then they pass it on to the next sex partner. So uh, men are not are, are asymptomatic with a lot of um, the STIs, which means that um, the bugs hide and the 
men in particular may not even um, know that they have a sexually transmitted infection, and so they're just carrying it on to the next uh, person. Um, and they're quite cruel in that they can really affect a woman. In fact, infertility can be the worst case scenario. Pelvic inflammatory disease can be worst case scenario of an undiagnosed and untreated STI. So just don't mess around with it. And look, I know there's some of you going, oh, I'm way past that. I'm in my 50s. I'm in my 40s. I can't get pregnant. I can't get STIs. Think again, sister friend. So um, I've told you before that the uh, the highest... Um, rate of new herpes cases are women, uh, newly divorced women in midlife. Okay. Um, that's one in four people have herpes. Most of them don't even know that they have it so they can give it to you. So look, there's a real simple way to make sure that none of this is happening is a condom. I know it seems a little, um, juvenile, but you know something? It freaking works. <laughs> and it's far better than a repeat bladder infection or yeast infection or worse, a sexually transmitted infection. Okay, so uh, just to wrap here, what can you do to keep your lady garden healthy? Um, so as I mentioned, I want you to be sure that you're washing daily with gentle soap and warm water. If you have a history of infections or uh, repeat infections, then what you can do is actually, because um, the, the moistness of that part of your body can encourage yeast in particular to grow and certainly bacteria too. So what you can do is as you are toweling off from the shower, uh, put your foot up on the on the vanity or on the toilet or the bathtub uh, edge and use your hair dryer on a low setting and air dry your lady bits. Okay. So um, next is probiotics. Certainly make sure your human microbiome, the gut bugs, the vaginal flora are all where they're supposed to be. And the best way to do that is to inoculate with probiotics and then to cultivate that microbiome with foods that it likes. You got to think healthy about them. I know it sounds crazy. I heard a great lecture once by um, Raphael Kellerman, who is it Kellman or Kellerman? Anyways, um, might be Kellman. Uh, he is like the godfather when it comes to the human microbiome. He is absolutely worth looking up. And he has a book that um, is excellent as well for cultivating this. So if you want more information about, you know, how to think about your bugs in a healthy way, how to feed them, how to get them in you, um, certainly go back and listen to the podcast I did a few weeks back on the human microbiome, but also you can look up any of his works are, are, are helpful as well. So number three, get anything suspect checked out ASAP. Even if you're like, eh, I'm not really sure. Gosh, these things have a way of just causing real problems. So please just go and have uh, the symptoms checked out. And number four, screen your sex partners. Um, ask the questions. Ask to see the documentation. I realize it's not romantic, but I'll tell you what's even less romantic is a freaking repeat yeast infection or an STI. Hell to the no. You are too mature for that. And remember, our sex partners can bring us yeast or uh, bacterial vaginosis, gonorrhea, syphilis, chlamydia, herpes, 
but can also be the cause of bladder infections just because they simply have different bacteria. So it's just one of those things where you want to educate yourself because a lot of it you can just sort of take care of yourself, make sure that you're asking the right questions and doing the right things like making sure you pee after you've had sex. Um, so I heard somebody say once in twenty, at least 20 minutes, uh, no longer than 20 minutes after. And I think that's too long, to be honest. I'm, I'm more like in 10 minutes, and I realize that interrupts snuggle time a bit, but you guys will sort it out. I know you will. Anyways, I hope that this has brought some really helpful information to you. And um, I'd love to hear your comments. Uh, certainly love to hear your questions. A lot of times I'm taking right uh, from what you ask me into the podcast realm to answer your questions for you. You can do that on my website, which is drlovely.expert, E-X-P-E-R-T, and that's Dr. D-R-L-O-V-E-L-Y. Uh, or you can go to our Facebook page, which is Not Your Mother's Menopause podcast page, Making Hormones Make Sense. You can leave comments there. You can leave private messages there. You can do whatever you'd like there, but uh, creating a, a community there where it's safe and we can share. So I thank you for listening, and I hope you got something great out of today. Have a great week. We'll talk soon. The views and nutritional advice expressed by Dr. Fiona Lovely are not intended to be a substitute for conventional medical service. If you have or suspect that you have a medical problem, promptly contact your health care provider. No information offered here should be interpreted as a diagnosis of any disease, nor an attempt to treat or prevent or cure any disease or condition. As with any new advice or program, you should always contact your healthcare provider prior to starting anything new. Thank you.